Just after 8 o'clock, good morning. Coming up at 8.30 is Real Trade Secrets with Jacob McBee. And then at 9, it's God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. But right now from the Bernie Star Studio, it's the Bernie Brew with Zachary Taylor-Wright. And it's sponsored by the Bernie Star right here on Bernie Radio, 103.9 FM. sitting down with Mayor Tim Handren, who announced that he is withdrawing from the mayor race to focus on his career and family. But first, we have Director of Communications, Chris Shadrock, who had some nice things to say about the mayor. There is no doubt that having an engaged and proactive mayor has definitely made my job on the communication front much easier. But that also extends to our city council. All of our elected officials have very strong, robust outreach and community involvement through their respective groups and neighborhoods, and those strong ties only help make my job so much easier. Having transparency and community outreach as one of his five pillars of his time in office had a huge impact on the work that we do every day in the communications office, and I think it's only been for the betterment of the city of Bernie and for our residents. I think that they are far more informed about how things work, why things are happening, so they can better understand things that are going on in the community. That was Chris Shadrock, Director of Communications for the City of Bernie. We're really glad to sit down with Mayor Tim Handren, who's been mayor now for, what, at least two full terms? I'm uh, ending my second term. That's right. Perfect. And uh, on City Council beforehand, correct? City Council for one year before that. Awesome. And today we'll be talking about, well, you have an announcement, right, that you uh, withdrew for running for mayor? I didn't. I did withdraw. All right. And I know we talked a little bit about it before, but I was wondering if you'd be willing to kind of share with our listeners why you made that decision and where your focus is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not an easy decision to make, actually, because I've enjoyed what I've been working on with uh, my fellow city council members and the city staff. I think we've done some good stuff, but I also have a real job. Uh, Most people kind of forget the mayor role is a and city council, those are frankly volunteer jobs. We don't get paid to do those jobs of any consequence. I get $200 a month, $6 a day. And if you base that as a good pay, that's not really good pay, yeah. right? So I have a real job. I'm the CEO of Santicos in San Antonio. And, you know, we've been a hard hit industry over the last uh, three years since the pandemic. Okay. And yep. we're making our way out of that. In fact, we have a pretty aggressive growth strategy at Santicos. And I think what I had to reflect on is with what I, my responsibilities there, my wife has fallen too low on the priority scheme. And (laughs) I had to make a decision. How do I get a little bit of balance in my life? And with the things I know that are coming at Santicos and trying to get my personal balance in order, I I had to make that hard decision. Fair enough. I'm just curious. So I know it is a volunteer. It's a civic volunteer job, but I'm curious, how much time does it really take up? It's got to take up a lot of time. It takes up more time than anyone can imagine. You know, I know the city manager and I talk almost every day and the amount of time I spend on just correspondence and other things, it's like another full-time job in many ways. Right, 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 right. You don't just instantly, because you're in the role, you don't just instantly know everything about city government. It takes a lot of time to learn all the, the rules of city government. You have to learn the rules of county and state functions as well. And those aren't things you just kind of instantly know because you're in the role. You have to really study and learn how to 
be effective in those roles. Especially with rules that are always changing at the state level and affecting local government. And those rules, by the way, I mean, I have to abide by some serious rules that have criminal liabilities, right? And so I take that very seriously. Very true. That actually brings me to, I wanted to go into a little bit of your background. So did I hear correctly at the meeting you talked about, you moved here almost seven years ago, is that right? Just about seven years ago. So what was your first trip to Bernie? What was that like? And when was that? Oh, you know, my first trip to Bernie was a long time ago, probably back in the 90s, Oh wow! early 90s. I hadn't, I'd only, I moved to San Antonio in 86. Um, and I remember the first time I came out here, you know, Bernie wasn't that cool of a place. <laughs> I always thought it was cool, but we looked at, we, we actually looked at moving out here in 1999. Oh, okay. And, um, we actually looked at several of the subdivisions around and decided, you know, it's still a long drive out here from my job. I worked at USAA and I thought that's just a little too far of a commute. It's only 17 minutes right now. <laughs> It's uh, funny how people are willing to drive anywhere in San Antonio and it's nothing, but the second you got to drive 20 minutes, I tend to hear it's, that's so far. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was glad, uh, I was glad, you know, and then we continued looking out here. We became, uh, I was actually in the Bernie school district. I had a Bernie mailing address like a lot of people do uh, in the 78015 uh, zip code. And yeah, a lot of people sure. think they live in Bernie just because they have that I mailing know. address. Um, well, Google Maps will trick you, too. It does. It does. I may have been uh, one of those same people back in the day. But, yeah, so uh, over time, you know, we've been uh, in love with this community for a long time, and I had a chance to come and got to build a house that we wanted to build out here. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. So, basically, you moved into the actual city limits and almost immediately went on to get involved with the leadership. I'm just curious, what, what inspired you and what drove you to look towards running? Yeah, I wasn't looking to get involved in city government. But uh, a friend of mine had encouraged me to look at city council. There was a seat coming up, and I didn't really know anything about it. And so I looked into it and thought, eh, I was happily retired. And thought, you know, there's something that I could probably give back to this community with my business background. And, and uh, so I ran for city council, and yeah, that was five years ago now. Yeah, and then pretty quickly the mayoral seat came up. And I'm just curious because I know all of those positions are going to take a lot of work, but was it a huge step between being a council member to mayor? Was it did the workload triple or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that it tripled. You know, when I became city council, I started writing articles. In fact, my very, very, one of the very first things I did when I became elected to city council is I came to this very office and I sat with your, uh, you weren't here then, but the editor in chief, um, we, we talked about, I was going to write articles about what it was like to become a city council member. I wrote the councilman chronicles and I pointed out very quickly, there's no training program and you're thrown into a fire very quickly and you got to start voting on stuff that you don't understand. Um, so I chronicled what I went through. And as I got more engaged in my council role and learned more about what it meant to be a council member, I realized also that Bernie had a 10-year master plan that had not been updated in 12 years. And I thought, that's not how you run a business. (laughs) Uh, You know that running the Bernie star, you got to plan more frequently than that. And I thought there's a lot of basic business elements of planning and forward thinking that were missing. And that was why I decided to throw my uh, name in the hat for mayor. Right. And and one of your big focuses was making sure that 10-year plan was updated annually, right? Because a year can change a lot, especially when you're planning that long term, 10-year, 20-year. And as we learned over the last four years, for me in particular, a year is a huge change from year to year. 2019 to 2020 was dramatic. Right. And even coming out of 2020, it's been very dramatic along the way. So yeah, now it's compulsory and there's a whole process that we put in place. Council must update that plan every year. You know, it doesn't mean update every single page of the plan. 
but it certainly means look at it. If anything's uh, material changed, let's update that. And then let's make sure all the projects that we're aiming at on a long-term basis, that they're continually updated inside that plan document. So as a, any resident comes in or any citizen comes in, they want to know what the heck's going on in the city of Bernie. That single document tells you everything that's planned. On that same note, I wanted to know, we we're just talking about some of the things you've addressed since taking on this role. Can you like give us an idea of what some of the things you're most proud of in your, your tenure as mayor? And sure. some of the projects that you've seen complete or that at least have taken off. Yeah. Um, and thanks for the thanks for the lead in on that. You know, the master plan was probably the most important thing I wanted to address when I I'd put together a top five list that I thought were super important. I worked very closely with Don Durden, Commissioner Durden uh, from Precinct 2 in the county and said, even before I got into this office, we need to address road infrastructure because we've never built a plan on that. Uh, there had been a, a, a citizen committee that had done something almost 12 years prior, and Don uh, Durden and I uh, worked on a charter. He took the he took the primary on that, and then we formed that transportation planning committee. And what came out of that are uh, a boatload of projects that um, have more ideas than the county or the city have money to implement. But let's get some things fixed around here, right? Right. That was an important thing. The we updated Bernie's, um, you know, ordinances. They hadn't been updated since the city had been chartered. That's been updated into this thing we call the Unified Development Code, which really put into place a lot of the modern day thinking around how how development should be done. Um, you know, a lot of people are not happy with all the development that's happened. Um, I, I might be in that same camp. There's been a lot of subdivisions that were approved all the way back in 2010. When you think about Esperanza or all, you know, all the ones around us that have been approved right. for quite some time, all those have been built out over the last 12 years plus, but they didn't have to really respect the natural resources around us, waterways, dark skies, and do things that have a lower impact on the environment around us. Or I know a big one was tree preservation. Tree preservation. There's a, uh, even set-asides. If developers do come in, they have to do set-aside on parkland. Now, there's a lot of things that we put in that unified development code that, in my opinion, are very modern and forward-thinking. And you can't atone for past mistakes, but you can certainly don't make those same mistakes going forward. Right. Updating that UDC was a big deal. And, you know, we made some mistakes along the way. We probably went a little too far in some of the ordinances. They're a little harsh. It's a living document. Like it's, but say. that's what I said. It's been, You know, it's not something we've carved in granite. And uh, we can update those and fix it along the way as we learn about those mistakes. You know, another thing that happened right, right when I got in the mayor's role, we hadn't updated our city charter since the city was formed. So over 30 years ago, and it was out of date. In fact, there were a lot of things that were in there that, frankly, just weren't even factual. You mean things have changed in 30 years? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, so we put that in front of the voters, and all but one of the things that we put out in front of the voters was approved. The one thing that wasn't approved, oddly, is to limit terms on mayor and council seats. That was the one thing that got rejected by the voters. Right. If you recall, uh, I was surprised by that, but that's okay. That's why you put things out, and that's how I want people vote. That's how they vote. Exactly. I guess, uh, you know, we've, we put out the bond issue last year. I wanted to do that in 2020. I was making the case for that in 2020 that we've had neglected infrastructure for a right. long time. Um, had to delay that after COVID hit, and, uh, and then we revived that uh, in 22, early in the year. We started talking about that early, early in the year, planning around that, trying to do as much communication uh, about the ideas that we had. And that bond passed pretty heavily. And I'm happy about that because that sets aside some infrastructure investments in both roads and parks that were sorely needed. You know, the big, one of the best examples we have is uh, that park over off of Adler Road was purchased with bond money in 2007. And nothing's been really done besides a skate park <laughs> over there. 
here we are 15 years later, we're still talking about it. I'm more of a let's get something done kind of a person. So I'm happy that we got a lot of those things done. Uh, one other thing that we've been working on, um, I, I went to the county and said, hey, I want to address long-term water concerns that I have. Uh, interestingly, uh, Daryl Lux, uh, Judge Lux at the time, uh, said the county has no authority over water and he's not going to really participate in a water planning committee. And so I said, well, I'm going to bring together a, a group of people I think who have authority over water. So I included all of our kind of our adjacent counties and some of the water um, bodies, uh, Cow Creek under, you know, uh, groundwater conservation district, uh, San Antonio river authority, Edwards aquifer authority, all the folks that I thought would have an impact on that, obviously Canyon Lake GBRA. And we addressed some conservation concerns that we have with water. Some of those have been codified in our city ordinances. And uh, I just had lunch today with Patrick Cahoon, who chairs that committee, and he's trying to wrap up the last set of recommendations that they have for the city. Very cool. This is Zachary Taylor Wright, Managing Editor of the Bernie Star. And you're listening to the Bernie Brew here on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. We're here talking with Mayor Tim Handren, and we're going to dive further into some of the issues he's already addressed and his future plans. So... um, one of the things I was curious about was this uh, transportation committee, and you kind of dove into that a little bit, talking with uh, Commissioner, former Commissioner Durden now, and they really went into it. I did. <laughs> yeah. And I see that, I saw that on the consent agenda at the last council meeting, uh, the first roundabouts being worked on, which is pretty cool because that was heavy throughout their recommendations. So I was curious if you could speak on how that location was picked, because I know they said the first one was a, a big step. <laughs> yeah. You know, participating in that transportation committee was Jeff Carroll from the city staff. And, um, you know, he's an incredible engineer. And, and one of the reasons why I'm glad he was participating is he was able to take the insights and some of the, you know, direction that was going to be coming from that. And we could start planning on that early. That became uh, that particular um, project uh, became a hot topic. And we were able to start addressing it early in the planning side from a city standpoint. And so, yeah, we tried to take as much of the things that we knew were going to be um, high priority items and start planning on them instead of waiting for the report from the from the, the committee. That's really good to know. I didn't realize because I know they were trying to at some points get through it because they knew y'all needed some recommendations. But I didn't even consider that with uh, Jeff being on the committee that so y'all had some insight and were able to start planning. That makes sense why a roundabout was able to happen so quickly. Yeah, I that- thought it would take, you know, municipalities don't aren't known for moving fast because you got to get approval and funding and all that. Yeah, I think that was, uh, again, it wasn't an accident. That was all pretty planned. Um, You know, when we got the disruption on the committee for almost a year, uh, I was pushing pretty hard with Don Durden and uh, Bob Manning going, come on, guys, we got to get back to work. We can't wait forever. Uh, These problems have been around a long, 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 long before I took over this role, but I don't want to wait too long and we got to get some plans. So hats off to Jeff Carroll again. He's a great engineer and um, the city staff all worked together and, and with council, and we said, yeah, we got to make that a priority. So I'm happy that that project's moving forward. Part of it, part of what I wanted to ask you a bit was you had mentioned that there's going to be some hard decisions on this transportation issue that are going to have to be made. Now, I know that's led to some pushback or concern that there's going to be these huge land grabs, which I don't ever think was what you were trying to say. But I was wondering if you could elaborate, because I know it's a very complicated issue that at some point has to be addressed. So I don't know if you could explain a little bit further what you mean by that and kind of clear some of that speculation up. You know, Bernie has had a thoroughfare map that's been around since the mid-70s. That thoroughfare map really is a layout of if land is developed in the future, we got to make sure we plan for roads. And if those developers are going to uh, buy somebody's land because they sell it and they want to develop that into 
uh, commercial or residential housing, we need to make sure that this thoroughfare map lays out a place for uh, roads and interconnectivity to be in place. That's been around since, you know, since I was nine years old. And I know there's speculation that uh, that's a, that's a, that thoroughfare map is a replacement of the uh, gateway loop that TechStock right. proposed. It's nowhere near that. It's been around since before that. So, you know, we're going through and re- readjusting that. One of the things that we're doing in that thoroughfare map update is making sure that it crosses existing property lines on the borders of the lines as opposed to through the centers of properties. That's, right. a, that's a smart thing. And that's, again, Jeff Carroll right. is making that happen. The, but updating the thoroughfare map is nothing more than saying if land is developed in the future that we have to have interconnectivity. It's not a land grab. Unfortunately, people sell their land and, the, and right. that land gets developed. That's not my decision. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got no financial interest. Uh, I've seen some funny cliches out there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm Every sure. politician <laughs> is on the take. Uh, I, I get personally... The $200 a month I get for being mayor is not a big take. Uh, <laughs> I think more importantly, the planning that goes into this urban planning is not trivial. It's easy to complain about everything, but it's really hard to put pencil to paper and make a plan that makes sense. I think that thoroughfare map now makes a lot more sense than it did when it was put together in 74. Right. And I think that was the big thing that people kept mis- misunderstanding was that, right, so there's always been a thoroughfare plan, but the whole point of what Jeff Carroll said during the whole transportation committee meeting was okay we're going to focus on doing this as development happens as land gets sold and people build it out because let's face it like we're a property rights state so things are going to be built at some point or another if the land gets sold uh but the idea is that y'all are trying to keep make sure people can drive around if those things are going to be built one way or the other when well, the number one complaints in our city is the inability to drive around right and candidly um you know a lot of the solutions for all of the traffic that comes into barney there's not simple solutions there. You know, if people want to go around Bernie, that's got to be a county solution. Uh, that's not going to be a, a city of Bernie solution because Bernie's landlocked technically, right? right? And, and the only other thing we could do, I guess, to uh, remediate traffic is just turn Bernie into the most uncool place on the planet and, and take the school system and make it crappy. That's not going to happen. Bernie's, yeah. Bernie's a cool place. The school system's awesome. People want to be here. I, that's not because of the mayor. It's, I mean... I think I'm pretty cool, but that's not why Bernie's cool. <laughs> Bernie's cool because of all the people that live here. Two things could be true at once. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah, those are the, like, the big things I wanted to address with transportation. And then you, you touched on water a bit. And I, I think that's, you know, the other major, but if I had to pick two, I'd say transportation and water, right? That's Texas right now, or basically the country is yeah. looking at water. I know, what was your role in developing the water committee? Can you... I did it single-handedly because the county didn't want to participate in that. So pulling together people that have authority over water and water conservation, frankly, uh, we get Bernie gets half of its water through its water system from Canyon Lake or the Guadalupe Blanco River Authority is who is the authority there. Uh, we get a fourth of our water from underground, the Trinity Aquifer, the same place the rest of Kendall County gets their water. And we get a fourth of our water from Bernie Lake. That's the simple way to uh, divide it all up. Um, so, you know, if Bernie is growing uh, because of the decisions that were made back in 2010 to have right. all these big uh, subdivisions around us, where does all that water come from? And candidly, we're trying to take more and more water out of Canyon Lake and less and less out of the underground if plausible, right? And that's what we've been doing over the last four years. You know, the peak water happen, water requirements happen in summer when everybody has to make sure their lawns are green. <laughs> uh, the water we need to live as human beings is really the winter average. And so we make sure that we take that winter average is the minimum amount that we take out of Canyon Lake right now. Oh, okay. That way we try to make sure we're taking the least amount as possible out of the ground. uh, And that's being smart and thoughtful of our neighbors within Kendall County. Right. 
Fair enough. And uh, we did get our hands on some of the increased water amounts from GBRA when their deal with SALS is going out, right? Uh, that is pending, but we hope ah, to get increased. Okay. That's a few years out. Okay. And then one other thing, just to clarify, you know, there's a, a big subdivision, that big purchase of land that was done on 46. It's going to be called George's Ranch, I think. Uh-huh. And they, they came to us about two and a half years ago. They had a water contract in place, the local water company. And they said the city of Bernie has an option to reject providing water to that subdivision. And they were going to get it, that water from Canyon Lake, of all places. Right. And so I asked the question of our staff, if we have the authority to provide that water and we're just going to provide it out of Canyon Lake or somebody else provides it out of Canyon Lake, can we get them to lower uh, the density, meaning fewer houses per acre? And can we get them to follow some of our low impact development guidelines uh, if we provide it? And the other water company wasn't going to request that. And so the water was going to come from Canyon Lake no matter what. Right. What we were able to do is get them to decrease the density that was going to be out there. They were going to be putting two houses per acre. Now they're going to put one house per acre. Oh, wow. That decreases the traffic. You know, I know that we had a county commissioner went on a rant at PNZ last night and said, why did we do that? Well, that's why we did it. It was actually being thoughtful. Well, you've covered all my questions about water that I could think of. (laughs) Unless there's anything that uh, I didn't ask about in terms of the future of water. I'm a little bit curious to know, what are your thoughts on uh, reuse of water? So for potable reuse and recycling. I know people tend to not want to think about it, but... You know, talking with some water conservationists, that seems like the most reliable future. It's a pretty big deal. And, and look, that what we have in the city of Bernie with our uh, uh, reuse of, of water to make it potable, not potable, I'm sorry, but to make it usable for um, landscaping and all that stuff, that was well before me. That was some forethought that I, I give high marks to the city leaders who thought that was a good idea. And the capacity that we have in that water treatment plan is 4X what we have today. And so if you look at the, the subdivisions, mostly Esperanza, that have uh, reclaimed water for their sprinkler systems and the amount of water they use per capita of potable water, it's dramatically less than the rest of Barney. Right. And so the, the build out of that, that's going to be something that will happen here over the coming five years and create more of that reclaimed water for gardening and, and, and landscaping. I think that's going to be one of the most important things that we can do in this city. Perfect. Reuse what you got. Reuse, reduce, recycle. Yeah, it's going to be conserve, 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 and reuse what we got. That's right. Perfect. I just wanted to know, moving forward, are you completely out of being involved with the city? Are you going to show up at those city council meetings and speak during public comments? You know, uh, either you really care or you really don't, and I really care. Uh, as I talk to my fellow council members and my uh, the relationships I've made on city staff, I care about the city, and I didn't do this just—I uh, didn't do this out of ego. I didn't do this out of politics. I did this to try to do something for where I live, and to chart a course forward that I believe in and that others believe in. And so, um, yeah, I don't just disappear into uh, <laughs> into the weeds here. I'll, I'll continue to be involved in our community. Cool. Well, is there anything that you want to address with our listeners that I haven't asked about, or anything you really want to? Make sure they know. I've said this uh, a million times. I think uh, I think Bernie is just an awesome place to live. I think it's when the community comes together, it's just an amazing feeling. I have so many friends from the outside that come here and they talk about what a cool place this is. Um, I would just encourage people, don't get bogged down into the cesspools and negativity of online social media. There's a few people who are cranky, but you know, they're online. The real world is in Bernie, Texas. It's not online. And, and when you come to Bernie, Texas, it's an awesome place to be. The mayor's right. Bernie is a really cool place to live. 
And in fact, we still have great leaders in office who will be here for a long time to come, including city manager Ben Thatcher, who had some great things to say about our mayor. You know, I've had the privilege of working with some pretty great city councils and mayors over my over the course of my career, about 20 years plus. And Tim stands out because he truly cares about what's best for the city of Bernie and its residents. So because that's his focus, he doesn't get caught up in being political with local issues. He's very outcome oriented and he truly wants the best results possible for this city. I also think he's done a great job of working with each city council member individually so that the respective voices and opinions are heard when council is deliberating. It's my observation that this council is made up of many differing opinions and perspectives. And Tim has done a great job to ensure the city council works together as a team despite differing views on various topics. And I don't think the community sees that aspect of the work he's done during his time as mayor in order to truly appreciate what he brings to the city or how he contributes to the city with his role as mayor. Now, from my city manager experience, he's been a great partner to move the work of the city forward. He's very strategic minded. He appreciates the organizational culture I've been focusing on cultivating within the organization. And we're trying to be deliberate in our approach to building a high quality of life Hill Country community. And we are doing so by implementing master plans, delivering high value services as efficiently as possible, and trying to just stay in touch with what our residents are seeking. I believe Tim operates the same way in his professional life, and so it's been very easy to form a great working partnership on the city front. Back in 2020, when I was being interviewed for this job, we discussed our philosophies on community engagement and, and communication. It was clear to me at that moment this was important to him and the city council. His incorporation of community committees such as transportation and water are great examples of this. And of course, his frequent Mayor's Minute videos were great at getting out information to the community. So for me, from a city manager's perspective, it was easy to implement initiatives such as the Bernie Open Neighborhood Discussion Program or bond meetings as we refer to them as, conduct regular citizen satisfaction surveys, update our city website with enhanced information, and even just restructure the city communication department to provide more diverse ways of communicating using social media and video production. All this was easier to do knowing there was a mayor and city council in support of this direction. Thank you, City Manager Ben Thatcher, and thank you, listeners, for listening to The Bernie Brew on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. If you missed any part of this broadcast, please go to BernieRadio.com to listen to the full conversation. Well, thank you, Mayor Tim Handren. We appreciate you coming here and taking the time to talk to us. Again, this is Zachary Taylor-Wright. I'm the managing editor of the Bernie Star, and you're listening to The Bernie Brew on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Keep the brew strong. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, This is Bernie Radio.